Hello, everybody, and welcome to Documentation Not Included. It's Thursday, 7 p.m. BST. We're live on twitch.tv slash DNI stream. It's time for our next show and our developer job series, episode version 2.12, to go back to what Chris was saying, although I would call it 2.12, team <laughs> culture. I'm Josie Howarth, and as always, I am joined by the Rolex to my Swatch Watch, Chris Seabach. You're so kind, although I'm not sure. I don't wear. Do, do people? Anybody wear watches anymore? Apart from salespeople? Okay, my husband That's not a does. Watch. That's a, it's a Fitbit. Yeah, it's not the same. Not the same. It, it, it tells the time. Doesn't doesn't apply. Anyway, yes. So hello, Josie, and a big hello to everybody in Twitch chat. Please do get involved in the show if you have anything to say, anything interesting, anything relevant, and we may read it out. Um, first, let me introduce our guest, Sam. She has been on the show before. And uh, for the benefit of our new listeners, or any listeners that have seen you before and have forgotten what you do, then please do let us know. Uh, so, uh, hi, I'm Sam Strauss. Um, last time I was on, I was team lead at Real VNC in the engineering department. It's about a year, I think, something like that. Um, mm. And uh, now I can say I'm engineering manager, which is very, very exciting. So uh, my job now is to look after teams. More than one, uh, which is uh, very exciting. I'm on like week nine or week 10 of my new job. I am still finding out exactly what that means. That'll so. never stop. No, I, I, <laughs> it's, it's, you know, that thing where you suddenly realize that you're now an adult and you suddenly feel like you, you need a more grown up, grown up. Uh, I'm still in that stage. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. what, what is this? That happens to me every couple of years. I get a more senior job or I do a more senior contract and I'm like, what? How? What, I thought I was. I thought I knew what I was talking about a year ago, and and now I know more than you know. You never, you never get over it. No, <laughs> no, you don't. Um, and yes, as always, before we get going, we're going to have our little icebreaker questions, a chance to get to know us and our guests a little better outside of the dev community. So, my question for you this week: When you are alone and you have a successful moment, do you dance? And if so, what is the dance that you perform? Okay. Uh, I do, I do, do the same dance if I'm alone or if I'm not. <laughs> to be honest, it's... <laughs> <laughs> My, mine's very boring. And yes, I do have a success dance. Mine is, I go make a cup of tea. Aww. That's like a That's... success ritual. You're so old and boring. I have, I have many successes all the way through the day. And when I have that success moment, whether it is I've programmed something or I've written a good test or I've I've implemented a new procedure that I, and or I've had a good meeting or something, get up and make a brew. Oh, for me, it's basically the Snoopy dance, you know, the heads up and I'm doing a little show, little wiggle. <laughs> and it's just like, yes. And you will literally hear me scream. Yes. You'll also hear me scream zoomies as we've had discussed as <laughs> still, my words of the day. don't know what a zoomie is. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Even I know what a zoomie is. Zoomies, uh, yeah, I'll have to share it at some point. Tiltepe says right. he just looks slightly less grumpy. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, today's show yeah. is about setting team culture. Now, how many times have you started a job or been to an interview and that person has, uh, and, and the interviewer has told you, we've got a brilliant culture at this company or, you know, we've got a breakout room and there's there's a SNES in there. I'm showing my age now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there's a SNES in there and there's, a, you know, we've got pool tables and we've got all this, that and the other. And, you know, we've got a brilliant culture. What does that mean? Is that actually culture? And 
if so, how do we set it and how do we set expectations with our employees? So to start off with, how do we define that then? I'm going to let you start, Sam. Could you answer that question? So, yeah, so it, it's really, really difficult. Um, and I've worked in environments which have had terrible culture, like I'm sure lots of people have, and, and places that have really good culture as well. I personally think culture is the unwritten rules of the society. It's the things that you all sort of intrinsically assume that everyone else is adhering to. It's not the it's not the documentation that says this is how you do perform a release or anything else. It's the unwritten rules about how you communicate with each other, how you um, can joke around with your with you know, friends at work or other departments. It's all the things that you don't write down. Hmm. You just assume that people do. But do you not need to have some something written down or some processes in place in order to set that culture that cultural understanding that that those unwritten rules i think that's where a lot of people end up sort of sliding into bad culture um because the, the there's an interesting sort of um theory going around that bad habits are contagious mm. so uh the sort of science, pseudoscience behind it is someone's rude to you. Uh, it takes you willpower and effort to basically bounce back and reset from that. And you only have a certain amount of willpower and resilience throughout the entire day. So as the day wears on, your ability to not reflect that behavior gets less and less and less and less. It's a bit like, you know, the straw that breaks the camel's back. You just these little tiny things over and over and over again. And all of a sudden, before you know it, you've got someone in the office who thinks it's okay to tell really inappropriate jokes mm. or not call out, you know, discriminatory language when, when it happens or even just, you know, not return the floor to someone if you accidentally interrupted them. You can kind of end up sleepwalking to those, those kind of behaviors, but... I think a lot of people find them really hard to define and therefore they kind of don't want to. It feels like if you need to have an etiquette book to adhere to and go, this, you have violated 3.3.1 of our etiquette book. That's a really, I think a lot of people think that's a sign Sod of a really, off. really bad thing. So Sod off. What, what, I, <laughs> what, I meant, what I meant by having things written down, I don't necessarily mean writing the culture down or the rules of, of engagement down or anything like that. What I mean is, do you not need something, some kind of, cult, not cultural, some kind of process put in place within a company, within your business, some kind of expectation put in place mm. before, before you can create a culture, before the unwritten rules write themselves? Do you not need to set precedents as a business, maybe, or as a leader? I don't... Ideally, I think you would. <laughs> I think what ends up happening when you start a business is that you have like a few people together and the relationships between them become the culture and then another person gets added and another person gets added and another person gets added. And those people are so busy wondering about how to make the business successful that you don't actually think about how people interact with each other until you're a certain critical mass and then you've already got a culture anyway yeah um and i think that unless you have a really bad systemic cultural problem that requires say hr to get involved and actually like sort something <laughs> out it kind of comes down to individual leaders within a company to kind mm. of make the culture up as you go along and that's how you end up with people who just don't enforce the rules either because they think that culture is okay 
and yeah. they're okay with it and therefore you know there isn't an outsider opinion to kind of say hey this isn't okay um or, or, they just, or they're ignorant they, to it and they or don't know, it, yeah. notice that it's happening yeah some say that the culture begins with or back in the day i should say back when i actually went for interviews for jobs with the purpose of being sort of a nine to fiver through that now i do things differently yay go freelance and go consulting but um, back in the day, I was told by people, when you go looking at a job, there are three things you need to look at. The first thing is how people are dressed, because that can inflect and infer the type of culture you're in. If, you know, the people who are the reboot monkeys of your company are in a suit and tie, you know, there's a certain almost... That, uh, I think that's corporate uh, policy but, over, over that, But see, culture. that corporate, that can influence culture. It can highly influence how people react to each other or how they're meant to engage. The second thing is literally how people are seated together. Is it an open floor plan? Do people have their own offices? Are they segregated behind those horrible cordoned off, you know, cubicles of the 80s, as I call them in my brain, although it's they, they still exist. And then the third thing is how people react during break, which they actually, the people who were teaching me how to get jobs said, be there when they have a break. Do people go out for smoke breaks together even if they don't smoke? Do people get up and go for tea breaks even if, you know, they're not in the same team? Like, how do these people interact with each other? Because it makes a huge difference. Because just because you have a culture that is accepting and, you know, kind in doesn't necessarily mean it's a very positive culture either. Mm. I have seen some really horrific things in my life. Uh, I, at least in my brain, the thing that comes out in the forefront, especially in the developer world, is almost this assumption that developers are allowed to work overtime without pay. In fact, they're expected to, to do this crunch project or to do this overtime on a project. And it's almost expected. And it's a cultural thing because maybe those first original team members were like, we're going to do anything to get this you know, out. We need the MVP out. We now need to fix the MVP. We now need to go back and do this. Like we have to do everything we can. And it's developed this culture where everyone needs to work 24 hours a day or work when they're at home and not be able to spend time with their family. Or if they haven't done research outside of work, it's held against them because it's the culture that was set. But that's up to the leaders. That's not up to the company. That's up to the leaders to, to identify mm. that behavior and stop that behavior as quickly as possible. That's I, a, I can that's think a, in of my eyes, one person. Yeah, I can think of one person who unfortunately, because they had that kind of mentality for themselves, they made a horrible manager and they absolutely destroyed everybody who worked under them. But the company loved them because they were that go-getter 24-hour person. And despite the fact that they lost seven, eight, nine people because this person destroyed the members of their team with that attitude, they just wouldn't do anything about it. And he was the manager. Well, that's the other thing, right? If you end up with... Um, so it's an interesting thing that I've I've kind of noticed as I've gone from, you know being junior dev to being like normal dev, senior dev, team lead, all the rest of it. The higher you go up that chain, the less likely it is that anyone's going to tell you when you've done a bad job. Um, and actually, one of the things that you, um, a leader or someone as a line manager can do that really will help is actually skip a level when you do one-to-ones. So yeah, do a one-to-one -one with your direct reports, but do them with your reports reports. Um, because they will tell you things about the manager that you'll never hear any other way and then you can actually feed that back to your your managers 
or your team leads or whoever um, and actually get that sort of hey do you realize that when you said that thing that actually really upset that person or actually when you do this thing it comes off as you probably don't mean it to but it comes off as like this maybe you could try and do it a bit differently next time it doesn't have to be a big deal um, it also then creates a kind of sense of you can talk to anyone about anything it kind of breaks down that corporate hierarchy a bit mm. um, and everyone becomes a bit more approachable a bit more personable um, so, I, yeah. honestly, I honestly believe like there's no um, there's no such thing as a flat culture, you know, like a flat <laughs> hierarchy in a company. No. I, I've, I've, I'm actually working for somebody at the moment, working with a client at the moment who who say they have a flat hierarchy, but they blatantly don't, and they've got lots of stem, systemic problems within their company. And I'm actually most of my time is now focused on on getting the team working together getting them communicating, making mm. sure that people aren't stepping on each other's toes and making decisions that are omitting the people that should be involved in those decisions. Um, I actually I actually had someone break down and cry at me yesterday, in fact, and I, I never had that before. I don't know if that means that they trust me and I'm doing a good job in that I'm getting through to people or it's ju- that was just the the cap you know the straw that brought the camels back in that instance and i felt so bad for this person that i couldn't sleep last night i was i was you know i'm I'm trying to solve the problems but sometimes you can't solve all the problems and it's it's a very difficult place to be because of the culture that exists in in Mm. that that particular company but my job is to help them get past that and see what the not just systemic problems but process problems as well. And that's why I kind of focused on the process at the beginning because a lot of the time I'm finding at the moment that because there isn't a process involved, for, there's nothing defined for anything. Everybody just does everything to try and solve the problems and nobody really does anything defined, if you know what I mean. Um, and it, and, it, and it's, it's creating a toxic environment that's very mm-hmm. difficult for, for stakeholders to see you know these these what you just said was very interesting about speaking to people who who you who report to the people that report to you yeah very interesting because i'm speaking to everybody across the entire spectrum as a complete outsider you could almost see me as a standing like cto type type thing in this position um and i'm i'm speaking to everyone from the brand new hire that just came in all the way through to the people who've been there for 10 years that seniors and then the stakeholders as well and the stakeholders haven't got a clue really what's going on at the ground level and they don't see that they just see all this the higher you go the higher you go the more obfuscation is obviously going Mm. to happen because the things that you're worried about are further removed you know when you start out you might be worried about does that variable work you know the higher up you go you might be concerned about is that unit selling in like japan you know there's a huge difference between those things and getting people uh, to align their understanding is impossible a lot of the time to get the people who are on the ground doing the work to understand what the business needs and what mm. the value is in what they're doing for the business and for the final bottom line i.e for them to keep their jobs is very very difficult sometimes and this is all this all stems from the culture really yeah and it for some reason, my brain just keeps going back to the fact that all of us want to work in places that have brilliant culture. But to be perfectly honest, our own definitions of what makes a really good culture could be very different. Mm. You know, it's it's that 
I hate using this term, but I'm going to do it. It's that Venn diagram. Where do they line up? You know, where does everything match? And that's a good way to try to start a culture. But I, I keep thinking about the times that I've had to work with people who made the culture horrible simply because of their apathy. And mm. nothing anyone could do could make a difference. And there was, they weren't doing anything that was breaking HR or, you know, breaking what their contract required them to do. It's just, they didn't care. And it really felt, for lack of a better term, like a humbug place to be. Because, no, I don't, personally, I don't want to be in an environment where people feel that they can just be like, yeah, so I, I wrote the thing, and then they walk away. Yeah, I've done this thing, and then they walk away. It's like, I'd like to actually kind of know the people I work with, even if it's just, do you like milk in your tea or not? That would be lovely to know about you. I like you know, to be around people who are passionate, who care. In fact, not necessarily passionate, who care about the job they're doing. If I am working, mm. right, and I don't mean to be anywhere disparaging, but if I'm working with a cleaner, if they care about what they're doing and what they're cleaning and clean well, and they're passionate in any way, shape or form about that job, I've got a lot more respect for them than working with an architect who's brilliant at his job and hates it. You know, if they, if that's, again, it's a, it's a massive cultural thing. I've worked with people who have got menial jobs that, that we, I, I mean, I wouldn't do myself because it'd bore me, but they love it. And they're passionate and they, they have, they, they've, they've got love for this, this world. And I don't, I, I I see that as a great culture. I see that as somebody as a, as a place that I want to go and work at because everybody loves their job, you know. But you can work with the best minds in the world, and if they don't, they don't enjoy what they do because of the culture. They're, they're, it's just horrible to work in that that kind of place. Actually, that's a, an interesting question. Then, and so sorry to put you on the spot with this, Sam. <laughs> But, you know, there is something to be said for working in a culture where people are like, okay, so we've got another sprint. All right, let's do this. And then people mm -hmm. just put their heads down, do what needs to be done, even if it's the bare minimum. Versus the person's like, yeah, okay, so what task am I assigned? Okay, cool. And then they go away. How would you, in a managerial role, work with someone who has that kind of level of apathy that could impact a team's culture? Because uh, like you said, and I'm going to throw this out into the gaming world. We're all RPG characters. Every time we spend willpower points, <laughs> we can't refuel it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Not immediately. We have to wait till we're out of the scene. <laughs> so, I mean, the way that I would probably approach that is to actually probably try and get to know that person pretty well. I can't imagine um, that that person enjoys coming to work. So why? What's going on? What's going on outside of work? Maybe it's that you know, they've got a really tough home situation and actually work is the place that is calm right now and that they can just relax because home is awful and just, it, it, you know, it's terrible. And by spending a little bit of time getting to know that person, you build up trust, you build up this horrible word that everyone misunderstands, which is empathy. It's an understanding of what the other person's going through. If I'm on, and if I can show that I'm on their side, okay, you've got a horrible home life, but if I speak to HR, we might be able to arrange for you to be able to work from home a couple of extra days or, you know, see if we can work out some extra benefits for you. Or do you know that there's this other thing that we offer that you have, you're not taking right now? There might be some things like that that can make their lives easier. I mean, the other thing I'd be trying to do is 
make it really clear what I expect from people. Uh, there's a lot of managers who kind of go, yeah, as long as you're doing your job, I kind of don't care. Uh, but that's a really good way to have very variable results. If you say to people, I will be happy as long as you're getting, you're hitting these things and it might be behaviors rather than numbers, um, then, you know, that's, that's the kind of thing that we're going through. And yeah, you do have to be prepared to kind of go, okay, you're not meeting these things. That's a performance improvement plan. That's whatever else needs to come. But on the other hand, if they're meeting those things, is it such a bad thing? I, I think we can get into a bit of a culture thing of you're, you have to be present at work all the time. But you know what? A lot of us in this, these you know, places have family. They, we have small children. We have pets. We have a washing machine that breaks. And sometimes you don't bring your whole self to work. And you have to make space for the human element. And as long as you... I think as long as you expect, you know, you, you vocalize what's expected of people, as long as they're kind of isolated, you're always going to have some people who are seemingly quiet and seemingly don't contribute. But give them a chance to have ownership of something and say, you're now responsible for delivering this. And suddenly you find they light up. Um, mm. And I think sometimes people get overlooked because they are that humdrum kind of person. Um, and there's a lot of things that you can do to kind of bring them along and, and make them part of building the solution. You give people agency, they're far more invested in, in making sure that the outcome is the right thing for everyone. And worst case scenario, you know, you might have to, you know, move them on. <laughs> it does happen. And, and it does happen. To be fair, there are, there are points, there are points in, in in everyone's career where they, they don't see a value in staying in a company for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. um, and it, it's not just the culture that does that. It could be yeah. absolutely anything. It could be, as you said, home life, etc. There are also, uh, on the flip side of that, giving people too much responsibility and not supporting them yeah. when you've given them that responsibility makes a huge difference. Just essentially dumping oh things God, on yes. the desk and giving them free reign to do whatever they want and them trying their hardest to do whatever they want, but having no tools, skills, experience, mm. or knowledge of how to actually achieve the task is is extremely difficult and very, yeah. and can bring, again, I know from personal experience with, with what I'm doing right now, that there are people that are like that, that have just no support. Mm -hmm. And the, that's the business's fault in that they've put not put, you know, leadership in Oops. place, as you said before, or management in place. But then... Sorry, no, I was just going to say, there's a fine line you have to walk with something like, you know, uh, being the micro or macro type of manager. Um, there is nothing worse, at least to me, to be in an environment where I have somebody who is literally micromanaging me. The type of personality oh. I am is I like my list and off I go. And I will get it. There's a reason I do consulting. There's a reason I do freelancing. And there's a reason why I do it under my terms. You know, because I'm bringing my knowledge, my expertise, my skill set, my knowledge of who I am as a person in the world around me to the bear. It's why you hired me in the first place. When I have someone who is sitting there trying to nitpick, you know, so have you done this? Have you done this? Have you done that? It's like, you gave me a deadline of X. Let me just do it. Whereas mm -hmm. I know for someone else, having that type of manager who's going, right, have you done this thing? 
would make them blossom and bloom. Because for them, it's not just about having someone give them the confidence boost they need that they're on the right path, because a lot of being able to take charge is confidence. But it's also having someone acknowledge that they're doing something. I don't mm -hmm. need someone to pat me on the back and say, you're doing a good job. When I have my checklist, I know if I'm doing a good job or not. You know, that that's just it's how I make my judgment calls myself. But there are going to be people who need a different type of management mm -hmm. style. So yeah. walking that balance between, you know, you want the responsibility and that's why you're sort of, you know, a little quiet, et cetera, is because all of a sudden you want to own a project. For someone else, it could be the most terrifying, anxiety-ridden thing you could have ever done to them. How do you I, work with that kind of balance? Um, I think, I think the one of the things that really, really helps is I have a very big interest in psychology, and actually, um, sort of the last six months, I've been reading quite a lot about human behavioral biology. So, it's all about you know what goes on in the seconds to years before someone does something. And it's really, really interesting to see how common, how much in common we have with some really microscopic animals, and yet how different we are to our closest, you know, animal relatives. Um, there's also a huge amount of pitfalls that we fall into in terms of thinking. Um, and, you know, if anyone's ever read Thinking Fast and Slow, it's a must-have read, in my opinion. But also, you know, you have to be able to tailor your management style to different people. Um, and having uh, like a toolkit is really, really important. So one of the toolkits I particularly love is the Atlassian Playbook. Um, that is available online, it's free, you know, it's just there. But it has different ways of debugging, as it were, different problems with different teams. Um, and the nice thing about it is that it really encourages people to speak their mind. Now, the other thing you have to be aware of is neuro neurodiversity and how different people react to different kinds of messages. So I always would recommend that people, you know, if you put a meeting in someone's diary, tell them what it's about so that they can prepare. When you're there, Ooh. let people all have ways of um, bringing this stuff to the table. Don't, don't be the person holding the pen that decides what's gonna get written down. Let everyone write it down. It's kind of the reason why Post-it Notes and Agile work so well is that everyone can write and everyone can contribute. Um, and then, Follow it up. Allow a period after the meetings happen for people to follow up with, with their thoughts, because especially if you come up with a point in the meeting, expecting everyone to have all their thoughts ready to spout out at that moment, it's just unreasonable. And yet how many of us feel like if we don't have the answer the moment that someone asks a question, we're not doing our jobs? You know what? Uh, I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to interrupt, Sam. Yeah. I, this is so utterly relevant that I, everything that you're saying is what I'm trying to tell. And I, I'm, I think I'm doing a quite a good job of telling the people I'm working with at the moment, I'm going to direct them to this podcast tomorrow privately <laughs> because it's not, I could, I could tell them they're about it as a company wide, but there's certain people that I think could benefit from listening to this because it's, it's coming from somebody else. And it's yeah. not just somebody's yeah. involved no. in this. And it's almost exactly right. And I'm not prompting you to say any of this either, which is wonderful. Um, See, this is the other thing is I think a lot of companies get into this mindset of we are solving a unique problem. And actually, none of us are. The interesting thing is that every single person has, you know, imposter syndrome. We all worry that no <laughs> one's paying attention to us when, or, you know, our, you know, our, our flaws are like, under a microscope for everyone to see you know it's the bedrock of anxiety I'm, i suffer from anxiety and depression a lot you know 
but the reality of the situation is actually everyone's too busy thinking about themselves to worry about what you're doing. <laughs> mm -hmm. And the more we realize that none of us is really it's very, very, very rare that anyone in any one of us in business is actually solving a novel problem. And that uh -huh. people have done a lot of work <laughs> to actually solve these problems beforehand. I, you know, we were joking before the show. You know that you know I learned most of my management techniques and styles through being a guild leader yeah. in Guild Wars and Guild Wars Two for like nine, ten years because it's exactly the same skills. The the, oh, the interesting yeah. thing about what I'm doing at the moment is that we are that the company is solving a novel problem. That's actually one of their unique things. But mm. all of the problems that they have none of them are novel. They're all mm, process-driven. Yeah. They're yeah. all development processes or um, or management styles or lack of management or something, something that every company in the world suffers at some point, especially at the startup stage, if they have not very little oh, experience. Yeah. And, it, and they, they, there's solutions to all of that out there. And at the moment, I am selling those solutions as... Um, not as ideal things, as these are things that we can put in place and we can work towards ma making them into a process that works for you as a company. They're never mm -hmm. perfect. The yeah. Scrum and Agile manifestos are, are just a guide. They tell you how to get to the end result or give yes, you tools yeah. to get to the end result. Yeah. And that's the thing is that if you try and apply agile by the book, it will never work for you. No. You have to take <laughs> take the principles, throw it out the window and decide what's going to work. And you find that every team is different and the team will change over time as people mm -hmm. join and leave. And as, you, as the problems you're solving as a team change and technology moves on, right? Yeah. You know, you'll find that the processes will, that worked like last year don't work anymore and you need to keep tweaking them. And that's kind of why I love like retrospectives. That's why I love um, team health monitors. That's another one for me at Lassian Playbook. It, it brings, so the, the retrospective to me brings a spotlight on the work and the team health monitor is more about the people. Um, and how they interact with different teams. Do they know why they're doing this? Is the communication good between different teams? It kind of highlights those sorts of things. Well, that's a sprint review, isn't it? So you've got your review and your retrospective. Your re in fact, isn't it? Sorry, the other way around. The review is to look at the product and what's been designed. And the retrospective is yeah. to look at the processes and the people and see if you can improve that. It Again, it depends on how you how you play it. So yeah. I'm I'm not one who I don't really like this whole uh, sort of your sprint planning includes a retrospective of the last sprint because I feel that that especially in a two week sprint mm. that's too granular to actually really have done anything or notice a change since the last time you did it. Team health monitors probably every month. I don't once you're into the routine of them, they take maybe half an hour to do. It's not a huge amount of time out. Yep. Um, retrospectives usually allow an hour because the discussion is quite useful. But again, once you're into the rhythm of it, it can be a little bit shorter. Um, I tend to focus the retrospectives on what do we feel about it was good or bad in the last period. And team health modules are more about how we're feeling right now in the moment. Right. You know, is this is this a, is this a good time? Is this a bad time? Do you know what? what needles you're trying to move for this particular piece of work. But yeah, it's like we just said about Agile, uh, every team does it differently. I've, and as long I, as you've defined it somewhere, it's fine. It's really interesting that I've tried to put the perfect, you know, the the the, the by the book scrum um, management, <laughs> management thing in place. I've tried to, there's four different products and I've tried to implement uh, sprint planning for every single one. Every single, every single time I've planned that four hour meeting for a two week period, it's, Within minutes, it's been derailed because there are some fundamental problems that have not 
been unblocked before. We we haven't got a developer for God's sake, you know. It's a, a key thing to a, a sprint plumbing <laughs> meeting, you know. It's that kind of thing. It's like trying to figure out how we're going to do story points and all the other stuff. We're not talking about Scrum, though, in this meeting. So let's get no. ourselves back no, on track. We're not. I, I, just, I, I, will, I will refer you to a video later on about estimating because, honestly, it's... And, and we'll my that bugbear. in the show notes yes. as well. well and yes, estimation is a pain in the butt. I, I want to pull back a little bit into yeah. the whole concept of team culture. And I think one of the more quiet and deadly parts of a team culture killer is the people who don't feel they have someone to approach if they do see a problem. And the problem could be anything from, I think we're building this particular feature wrong and it's going to have security issues because of X, Y, or Z. Or it could be, I think someone's doing too much work or not enough work. Or it could be um, about their own individual performance, skill set, or what have you. But they don't—they can find themselves in a position where they feel like they can't turn to someone, whether it's their direct report or the reporter's report or the reporter's reporter's report. <laughs> I've, I've seen some crazy, crazy, crazy things in mm-hmm. my life. Um, so I'm curious as to experience, thoughts, comments. I mean, I'm... I'm going to go out and cover the worst case scenario right now. If it is so bad that you can find absolutely no one to listen to you, you really need to find someplace else to work. I mean, that sits on your shoulders. But if you do happen to find yourself in a place where you really enjoy working and you want to see the culture change and you're willing to take the initiative, like tips, points, hints, any thoughts? Uh, yeah, that's a tough one. <laughs> and I have also I would say that if you do speak up and no one listens, that's also a good sign to get out. And some places are not in a position to actually listen at all. And they're stuck in the ways and you can be rest assured that either it will take a monumental shift, something massive will happen and they'll have to fuck their ideas up or they will go out of business. That's pretty much what will happen. Mm. Um, uh, I'm... God. I'm so sharing this with these people. <laughs> I swear well, to it's... God, it's, everything is just so so, so relevant. I mean, I have a bit of a bee in my bonnet about diversity. Um, you know, my my experience of uh, working in technology is it's very male and white and straight um, and able-bodied. Um, and as someone who doesn't tick, well, it ticks one of those boxes. Um, you know, it's uh, it's a you know very very different to to come in. I still encounter people who go, "Oh, you're the manager," even. <sighs> And it's like, oh, you, you know, you, you're, you're the woman and you're in charge. What? Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, it's it's really, really hard. But, it, you know, on a corporate level, these things are not, when I say corporate, company level, let's not go corporate. Um, it's not just about the engineering team. It's actually about everyone in the business, right? Um, it's about celebrating who is in the door and who you would like to have in the door. And you may find that other areas are sort of completely opposite bias to what your particular environment is. I know certainly speaking to various people, fashion, for example, fashion is very, very like female orientated. And if you are a straight man in there, you are given absolute hell. Um, And that's stereotyping. I'm sure there are places that are not like that, but it's just a complete flip side of the the problems that that certainly I see in technology. And as much as I would like to hire more diverse candidates, 
you know, it's actually quite hard to get applications. Yeah, from, and there's not many. I, I don't. I, whenever I look at CVs, I see. I've never. I have never in my entire twenty year, twenty plus year career, seen a CV for a female developer that isn't a female. Uh, sorry, hang on. That isn't a report, a, a SQL report writer. That is the only area I've ever seen a, a CV. Yeah. Um, and so, and and that if it, okay, it's different if you're getting people through the door and they're leaving, and it's uh, to a different problem to if you aren't getting applications. So applications. I mean, I'm I'm looking at people who are doing sort of um, blind hiring um, and sorting out sort of the code review thing. Uh, I can go on for hours about the technical test. I will not. Um, <laughs> Someday, yeah, <laughs> we'll uh, be back on another show for that. Yeah, but my my basic thing is that the technical test either it's whiteboarding, which I've never programmed on a whiteboard outside of a like a technical test. So why are we doing it? Yeah. Or it's like basically work for free at home, and I'm like, yeah, if I had a baby, I couldn't do this. So why are you making me do this? Uh, you know, so there's a whole sort of thing to to look at there. And also having a system that takes names off CVs. Unfortunately, everyone is biased. You have unconscious bias. You can do tests online. It'll tell you how you're unconsciously biased. Mm -hmm. Learn about your unconscious bias. Um, the other thing is like you, just, you know, get the company to put on diversity events. Have a celebrate pride. Celebrate, you know, bring a national dish to work kind of day. Um, there are all these kinds of things that you can do that just kind of bring out. The differences and yet the similarities in each other, um, and sometimes you have to overstate what is allowed to mm. give people the permission to say, "Yeah, actually, I have a girlfriend." Um, is it all right if they come to the to the? You know, just kind of say like all partners welcome, gives people the permission to kind of know that this is okay to bring your same sex partner to. You know, to the it's, to the corporate sad, event. Sad that that is that has to happen in my eyes. I, <laughs> yeah, I know it, we all do have biases, but I am I'm so with that. I just cannot I cannot stand any kind of prejudice. And I've I've actually yeah. caught it recently twice from from older males in a corporate environment who one in particular said he's a bit old, isn't he? When we were we were looking at a, a particular CV, and another one said. Oh, um, bearing in mind that I am half uh, Hungarian, by the way, um, he, he said, "Oh, oh, Hungarians are uh, are very um, hard to work with." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, Situations and like that literally frustrate the hell out of me because there there is a point, and especially as you were discussing with psychology, there is a point where you cannot get people to look differently past even their conscious biases no. and it can be incredibly frustrating because you will find uh, I, I'll, I'll let you continue because i know you've got some really really good points yeah, sorry across, sorry to interrupt it's, <laughs> it, it, it's just it doesn't make any sense to me at all either chris don't worry it doesn't make any sense to me either but or especially if someone's got injured or in a wheelchair or something like exactly yeah. um it, but the, the thing to to kind of think about is um have allies outside of your your company so it, it goes back to this don't feel like you have to fight the fight alone uh if you look on places like meetup you are likely to if you're in any kind of sort of city or town you are likely to find a technology yep. group if you're in london or any other big city there will be a niche 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 <laughs> thing i have meetup 
ping me for like internet of things women's group in london and i'm like really that's a thing and you think enough people are gonna come but you know it's london people do you know it works um same thing here in leeds yeah yeah so you can you can find people outside the company who will support you and let you know what they've been able to to achieve um and you know the other thing you can just do is just you know you, so as a manager what i what i don't want to do is i don't want someone to have to be battle hardened to be able to, to have to feel they can have to say anything if we've got something wrong i would like them to be able to say something and have it acted on and have it believed rather than having to have someone who join us who has been through the journey that you know i've I've been through in terms of working with some people that, you know, thought it was okay to make jokes about 16 year old teenagers, legal age here in the UK, by the way. Um, so, mm -hmm. you know, in, in the office space and, and just kind of having to, you know, deal with that as being part of the norm. I, you know, I make a point of pulling people up when they say yeah. something inappropriate. I say that is it, not on, I'm sorry. And I, I, yeah. I stop whatever's happening and I make a point of making them feel awkward about it. Because it's yeah. just not. It, I, I accidentally say things at times. None of us are perfect, but yeah. I know when I've made when I've made a mistake and I need to apologise or I need yeah. to say something. But some people don't, and they think it's normal. And it, my my skin is crawling just talking about this. It's such yeah. a annoying world that we live in sometimes yeah but, but people suck individuals are awesome it's like the basic takeaway from this right yeah and but then it goes even all the way down to how you individually talk about other people and it's not i i try you know i'm still not perfect at it but certainly in the last 18 months i have tried to make a point of saying folks or people rather than guys um and you know if i'm if we're talking about a user I use they, I use gender neutral. Uh, we mm -hmm. have to accept that we are going to have people who come into the workplace. It's like not having to wait for someone who is not represented in the company to come in before you make the change. If you have a trans person, if you have a non-binary person, think about what they would feel if they were in the room. What could they, what could they feel excluded by? And what can you do to kind of remove that before they're there? Because by the time that way, when they are there, you know, you don't have to think about it. It's second nature. It's part of Well, part it of goes thing. back to what Chris said sort of towards the beginning is it's how you start the culture. Yeah. And then you continue with, you know, build it for who you want there. I, I want yeah. the people who can do the job. Yes. I don't care about anything else, but can you do that job? And but the story. people who can do the job are also people. Yes. Mm -hmm. that, uh, that horrible, horrible word. Darn you people for being people. So, I, you know, I've actually had a similar kind of thing recently that I I am I struggle sometimes because there is a group of people at current client that are female and they are a group and there's a very they versus them versus us situation in a particular scenario. Won't go into detail, but I quite often say the girls. And I, I, every time I say it, I hate it. And I've, I've, I've said it in front of them a number of times. And I, every time I apologise, and I say, I don't know what else to, what other term to use because you are a group of. The, 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 oh, I, it's just really difficult. So I don't know what to do in that situation, and I feel bad. I feel sexist for saying it, and I don't know if it's my own cultural prejudices or it's the world that makes me feel that way or it is actually genuinely a problem that needs to be sorted interestingly enough considering um you know if 
I've even tried the because ladies, the but it doesn't work. It's still the same thing, no, but no, more respectful. No, you definitely don't want to. But see, <laughs> that doesn't work either. Um, but there are a couple of things to keep in mind with that kind of a situation, in my opinion. Uh, one, treat it like it's pure NDA. Like, you don't know. And at that point in time, you're going to be forced to use they because you don't know if it's he, she, or whatever. That's a thing. Second, if you have a group of women or a group of men and they are responsible for something, call them by their team name or call them by whatever it is their job position actually happens to be. I have been you know, trying. the managers, <laughs> the developers, the the QA, uh, or what have you, if you want to remove them. Or you can go one step further and actually name them. That's that's what I've mostly Bob, been doing. Yes, Jan using... and Philippa. Mm. They're all responsible for this. And what they are saying. And, you know, you have, in our case, Sam and Josie here, what they're saying, you know, you, there's there's ways to differentiate between it. I have I find it interesting because as a woman, I have been around the block when it comes to being in a male-dominated profession. I mean, we're in the IT world. It's a thing. And there are times where I get the whole uh, company culture of joking about women in tech, and it kind of makes me snicker. But then there's a line that can be crossed, and it's that line where you have to stop it. If it is a momentary joke, I can accept it. But if it is something that I hear on a daily basis, mm. I'm like, you have gone way too far at this point. Because it's no longer a joke. It's a culture-setting trend. Yeah. And that is not cool. And, so, and We've been talking about sort of setting culture, like creating a culture. But very few of us will actually start, like get that situation most of us are taking an existing culture and trying to change it and or I mean, work within it or work within it and and the yeah. only thing that you can kind of do really there in my opinion is challenge it is you know making some, someone feel uncomfortable for an inappropriate joke you know sorry why is that funny you know it's a bit you know bit passive aggressive maybe but you know it does I, I make tend them to have, have a, to do it a slightly less passive aggressive approach but i do make them feel uncomfortable just by asking them a question and make and just not and not saying anything until they answer and they but they see, are accountable for it you know not everybody has that ability no we do live and not everyone has a sort no. of confrontational or even an ability to be passive aggressive it's not built into who they are which is why i asked earlier you know mm -hmm. what do you recommend for the people who really don't know how to approach or how to address things or to be heard you know and i think the best thing that you have said so far for people like that and i i say this because i have some others i i know who i want to watch this as well is to find those allies outside yeah. of work because yeah. There is always going to be multiple sides to a story. And just because someone has turned around and called the team or the company that I work in, the girls, doesn't mean that they're intending to put me down for being female. That's not my first implication. Most people aren't out there to attack, but it can feel like one if, as Sam pointed out earlier, you've hit that camel from your willpower being butchered consistently throughout the day from tiny little individual events. Mm. So having someone to bounce the thought off of or having someone to turn to who might go, let me challenge that thought for really, really quick. Did you have a good day or a bad day before this happened? Or, or mm. something can be very, very, very beneficial. Yeah. And the other thing is, is the, the if, if you don't really want to challenge someone, the phrase, hey, you, you didn't probably didn't mean this, but this, you know, it seemed like when you said this, it made me feel like why? Um, because it kind of mm -hmm. it implies that the per you give give the person the benefit of the doubt. You're kind of going, 
hey, you're a nice person. You probably didn't mean this. You know, text is fallible. You know, maybe it came up on Slack or something like that. Um, you kind of say, hey, when you said that, it made me feel like maybe you were talking to customers like this or maybe you were dismissing this person's idea. Uh, you know, a better way of doing that would be something else. Um, it's that whole, you know, when when you said X, it made me feel, here's the consequences, here's what I'd like you to do differently next time. And you can probably, yes, it does take a certain case of being brave to do that. And you'll find out very quickly if the environment you're in is one where that is okay and when that's not. Um, but that is a really nice way of kind of saying, um, of kind of gently doing it because mm -hmm. you kind of say, it allows someone to say, oh, I'm really sorry, I didn't mean to come across like that very, very easily. Um, and a lot of the people who do that maliciously, it gives them an easy out of being called out, um, which immediately bursts the bottle, the bubble on the argument that they were going to come back with. And another thing to keep in mind is if someone has meant it maliciously, but then pretends to go, I'm so sorry, but they keep doing it. You yep. now have had a chance to say, I've said this before, and this is consistent. I'm starting to think that there is a problem here. Yeah. Exactly. At which point in time you have things that you can bring up to managers if you feel like it or what have you. Yeah. And well, the, other, the other thing I'd, I'd like to point out is that we talked about the quiet people. Uh, rockstar developers can be just as terrible. The kind of people who are not, who can basically take all the juicy bits of work and then leave everyone else to do the drudgery. They're almost as bad as people who don't contribute at all because they don't let anyone else challenge themselves, learn. Um, and take ownership of something that's really exciting. And what ends up happening is basically they feel like, you know, we're doing all the drudgery and this person over there gets to have all the exciting fun times. Mm. When's my turn? And that immediately then starts the, I'm not valued. I'm not, I'm not nurtured. I'm not mentored here. And then eventually that ends up in the, I'm going to look for a new job. It feeds the imposter syndrome as well. Yeah. You know, I, I need to have an artwork commissioned of the imposter syndrome <laughs> to have it come at us. Now, as much as I want us to keep going yeah. and keep continuing, we have definitely reached the end of our show. We're now at the RTFM moment where we have a moment to just rant and rave about something. It could be absolutely anything. It does not have to be developer related. It doesn't even have to be business related. Do you have an RTFM, Sam? Uh, I do. Uh -oh. uh, yeah, so I have this real bugbear and it keeps popping up at the moment. I don't know what it is. It's something in the water. So I have take real issue with the phrase new and improved. Um, because, okay. if, because if something is new, it can't be improved. And if it's improved, it's no longer new. The phrase should be newly improved. Oh, God. Oh, no, I think you've just done it to me. Oh yeah, happy dance is coming. This it drives me insane, uh, and yeah, it, it, I keep seeing it around like newly new and improved version of this yogurt, and it's like yeah, but I like the old one, and also it's either a completely different yogurt or it's the same one, and you've just improved. It. Yeah, so yeah, enjoy Good that. Uh, once my boyfriend hears that I said this, he's gonna laugh because he loves pointing it out and driving me insane <laughs> with it. <laughs> <laughs> See, I wonder if it has something to do with marketing, because if you think about it, newly is an adverb mm -hmm. and people react differently to adverbs than they do to concrete statements. So I don't know, but now it's going to. Oh, great. Thanks. Thanks. Sorry, you're welcome. Uh, 
You're welcome. <laughs> oh, do you have one, Chris? Uh, I, I... I'm just blowing your mind. I'm, I'm just thinking about it. I'm thinking, yeah, actually, you've I've, I've come around to the idea. I totally get that now. It's like the... Have you? Did any of you watch Family Guy? You've seen? Yes, from... not regularly. Um, not in a long time, though. There was yes, a, there was I a know. moment where Stewie Griffin um, basically said that he he hates people who use the the word um, three phrases. I'm useless at this. Forgotten what they are, but there were three phrases and words um, that that after I, every time I hear people use them, I just I, he pops into my head and I can't remember the word. Yeah, have you broken me? As as Tultepe okay. says, you've broken <laughs> right. me. And I'm still trying to think of a, of a RTFM for me this week. And other than all of the things that we've said during this show, I am full of fr things that could frustrate me at the moment. But I see it as every day is a challenge and every day I'm doing something brand new and I have to think about things in a new way. The fact that I can't turn off from work for the first time in many, many years, I'm not that kind of person. I just switch off. As soon as I finish, get up off my, my desk, I'm done. I'm, that's it for the day. I'm thinking about new problems and new things. And none of them are annoying me. They're just all things that I need to You know what I think it is? Solve. Do you know what I think why you're so like, I, I would use the word empowered by this. Charged up is another way if you want to look at it. I think it's because usually in the projects you work on, you're you're building a product or a platform or something like that you're working with the human element and that mm. I think changes everything oh, and the yeah. human element there's something intrinsic about us as uh pack animals for lack of a better term you know we like to congregate together we like our echo chambers or whatever it is you want to be you want to be around people and I think that might be what it is because you you are fascinated by people. You are. So I, I'm guessing here, you know obviously. You know what's happened to me over the last few years, especially if you watch the very first podcast that we had with DNI, and even mm. the old ones that we used to do back with the MMO buff stuff. Um, yep, all the data mine stuff, yeah. I was, I'm very technical. I know what I'm doing when it comes to the technical world, but I've always almost despised human beings to the point of... <laughs> we joke the, about that. To the point of just being frustrated by everything that they do. At the moment, I don't see it that way. I am Sam. Sam has said almost everything that I'm thinking and I'm trying to... It's a challenge for me to put into words what... How... I can't tell people what to do, but I want to teach them how to learn themselves to, to be not necessarily better people, but deal with situations in a better way. Because you'll mm. never change other people necessarily no. but you can teach it's like that old adage you can lead a horse to water but you can't teach it to drink it's the same kind if that's the right way to say it it is yeah it's it's the same kind of thing that you i i desperately want i've always loved offloading information as soon as i be, got past that junior developer wanting to hoard everything and not really understanding collaboration and and that and now i'm at a point where i want other people to have all of my knowledge and that's why i do this podcast and I've improved because of that. And everything that we talk about, especially this episode, it's been so exciting. It's actually been really <laughs> exciting speaking to you, Sam, about this. Um, it's it's absolutely it's, fascinating it's, that other people are thinking the way I, I'm, I'm thinking and I'm developing into that, you know? And yeah, people are not horrible or awful anymore. They are <laughs> interesting to... I don't even know how to put it in words. <laughs> they can be horrible and nasty and disgusting and what on earth are you doing 
don't don't get me wrong they can be oh but no, they I know also that. can be brilliant it's one of the things that I, I i've had a lot of people go i hate reddit it's got awful people that's like no no it has the entire spectrum of humanity on that site yes it's all of the amazing people and all of the disgusting horrible people it's a microcosm of humanity and that's as great. someone who likes looking at people it's amazing i love reddit for that exact reason i will read comments entirely just to see how things shift and evolved and mm. you'll turn around and you'll see someone who's just bought somebody a house because they lost everything in a fire and then you'll turn around and you'll find someone who's confessing on slash our confessions that they set a fire you get everything there yeah you know but yes so my rtfm is actually kind of a general one i am annoyed at the fact that we're at a point in society and this is a people-based one <laughs> where people who work and support are shocked when someone is polite to them yeah i had a recent issue with something and i had to reach out to support and um i said just out of curiosity what's going on with this i can't log in i can't perform the act actions needed this is actually kind of critical it's a financial based thing and the woman who i was speaking to you could tell she sounded really afraid that like I was going to blow up or something. And we ended up having a very long drawn out conversation because there were a lot of things that we had to check and they were testing. And there was a big thing, system change going on at the time. And, you know, by the time we were done, she was laughing and smiling. And I said, I really hope that I am not the only call you get like this today. And her response just made my jaw drop. She's like, it's okay. We're trained to handle the amount of frustration that people can bring to this particular situation. And I've had to put it to use a lot. Mm. And it's like, oh, come on. So it, this, it, it breaks my heart that we are at a point yeah. where support people are shocked when someone goes, hey, I've run into a problem. Just curious, do I need to do anything? Is something going on? Is like, can I get at least an ETA? Can you help me out here so I can make choices? And they're shocked when you're like, you are awesome. Thank you. You're a star. You've given me exactly what I needed. I may not have been able to get the full spectrum of what I wanted, but I understand where we're at right now because mm -hmm. you've communicated it with me. Thank you. And it's like a shock to them that people are actually open and, you know, accepting of what mm -hmm. they have to say. I have As someone who works in support, you know, <laughs> I have so much respect for anyone who does a customer facing work role even you know anyway through like waitress barista you know cashier mm -hmm. shop assistant all the way through to you know customer support what have you there are people out there who think it's okay to treat people awfully who see it every are day are not yeah. in control of the problem okay that's kind the of, other thing yes yeah, you know it's like the person you're speaking to has absolutely zero control over what's happening and it you know, goes down to complete ignorance, again, on the part of the person who's delivering the abuse or whatever it is, mm. whatever level of abuse it is. But I'm going to throw that empathy word. <laughs> yeah, I'm also going to throw out, though, that that could be that the, whatever incident someone went through may have been the camel that broke their willpower back mm. as well. It's it's almost like everything we've discussed has implications elsewhere. What? No! So Everyone yes. deserves your respect unless they are ugly to you, in my opinion. If someone is ugly to me directly and there is no... Uh, there's no good reason for it if just rude then they don't get my respect but otherwise everyone I, gets I can a, agree a with good that few with chances the that i've been through yeah the but thing yes. i the thing i keep thinking i'm trying to remember um is uh there but for the grace of fate go i if i had been that person in that situation i may have reacted exactly the same way and i'm just grateful that that hasn't happened to me mm. 
So we all have our dress and we're at the end of our show. Holy cow, that went by really fast. But at the same time, it just means we have to get Sam back. And I love it. Aww. Thank you to all of you amazing people in Twitch for joining in. Tultepe, you poor thing. I saw your comment about apathy and about the whole situation of people not listening to you in chat. Don't worry. We did catch that. We just didn't really have time to go into that. Uh, Massive <laughs> and Salako and everyone else who showed up. And if you were new, thank you so much for joining us here at DNI Stream. Ah, uh, finally... Thank you, Sam, for joining us. Quite all right. Um, can I do some in pitch? Well, I'm about to let you uh, go forth in pitch. Okay. However, what I'm also going to state is I think probably the best compliment I could ever give somebody on this show. Um, I hate working for people, but I would happily have you as a manager. Oh, thank you. That's lovely. Like That's if really I wanted nice. to do a nine to five thing, I would hunt down you at whatever company you're at and be like, <laughs> okay, let's do this. I'm tempted um, to draft you into what I'm doing at the moment and help me and be my wingman because it's honestly, uh, it's a wing person. Sorry. Thank uh, you. <laughs> um, but it, it, because honestly, everything you're saying is exactly the problems I'm hitting at the moment. And I'm de trying to deal with them in exactly the same way that you're, you're saying we should deal with them. I'm not perfect. It's nice to hear it. It really is nice to hear that I already Validation. knew. Yeah, I already knew other people had the same problems. It's just nice to hear it, and I think the people that I'm working with need to hear that as well from other people. And I, I, and I do have faith that it can improve over exactly. time. It yeah. just requires consistency. It does, and the problem is a lot of the time people have been in this situation for a long time, and they uh, yeah. burned out, battle hardened, burned the whole kit yeah. and caboodle. Yeah, or the system benefits them. Yes, that's another one. Anyway, but yes, feel free to pimp. 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 Pimp away. Pimp. Okay, so, uh, yeah, you actually can come work for me. Hey, how's about that? Uh, so, RealVNC have a number of different test and um, software development roles um, across the company. We also have other roles as well that um, we need fulfilled. So, you can head to realvnc.com forward slash careers. Uh, there is a speculative application for engineering as well. We're always looking for, you know, really talented engineers. Um, so, if you're in the Cambridge area of the UK or you want to move here, um, then feel free to, to come and um come and apply i will also do like two two book recommendations number one adam savage his new book slash autobiography um uh, every tool's a hammer which is a great title for a book mm -hmm. it is fantastic for anyone who's considered a maker and he considers a maker to be anyone who makes a thing and that includes coding baking cosplay absolutely anything it's filled with gems from his time in mythbusters as you would expect um mm. but also some really solid tips on how to get the best out of your workspace and environment and working with others so that's that's tip number one um and if you are like me you want to sort of crack the human brain robert sapolsky has a great book called behave um as well both of them are available on audible um if that is your poison. Um, but both of them are really, really good. Um, so yeah, uh, apparently my, my marketing team want me to go in, out and talk in Cambridge as well. So if you are in the Cambridge area, you might hear me speak at some point in the nearest future. Stuff. I think you do a yeah. wonderful job at that, Sam. It's, I, I love listening to people like yourself. It's uh, it's it's inspiring. Let's let's say that. Good. It's um, it's easy to see that you truly believe in what you're saying, and that's just gorgeous. So. I yeah. I I can't do anything other than be authentic because people know when I don't believe what yeah. I'm saying. Uh -huh. <laughs> yep. Yep. Very much so. so yes, You're easy to read. <laughs> it's, I said it's lovely to see, and that's what I was saying earlier about the passion. You know, it doesn't matter who I work with mm. or who I'm in the company of. When I can see passion, it actually gets me excited. It gets me riled up about not necessarily their subject, but a, the, you know the subject, the, not 
the same subject rather a subject yeah. of you know, it feeds you energy yeah yeah, yeah. i suppose and, uh, it's, it's lovely good. to see lovely to see anyway it's time for our pimp our our pimpage as well so you can visit our yeah. website www.dnistream.live the links to all our social media channels our discord dev chat our podcast discovery platforms and everything else and if you I want to contact the show for any reason you can use our contact form if you want to be a guest if you want to make any comments or if you want to send sam a thank you that she's she's helped you or give you more inspiration to drive your processes or or, or improve your team culture then please do get involved and we'll pass the information on to her yes you can also reach her on twitter which is actually uh that way o over like there reach out to her there too. But yes, all that's left for us to say is a massive goodbye and we hope to see you all next week live Thursday, 7 p.m. here at twitch.tv slash DNI stream. Thanks for coming to Documentation Not Included. Bye-bye! Bye! -bye. Bye.